BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. We are officially over the hump. Hey, Claude, how are you doing? Hey, Jax. Doing well. Sitting at home. Yeah, we're back at home, you guys, another audio-only episode um, because we were having a bit of studio issues today, so we were like, yesterday's audio was just so premium. So premium. So we are back doing it from home, which means two things. It means, one, it's another day that Brew did not come into the office. And honestly, I think that you started all the drama at the studio today just because you did not want to bring Brew because you are now a week overdue. So add that to the list. We're now six days without Brew, so keep count. But the second thing that it means is that technically Brew is here with me. He's laying on my bed on my heating pad like an angel and just giving me the joie de vivre that I need to deliver you this episode. Sure. That's a loophole. I mean, you should see this man. He's literally gorgeous. Gorgeous. How's do? Stunning, beautiful, smart, all of the above. What's he up to? What's he getting into today? Just got back from his walk. Um, feeling, you know, I, today I'm podcasting in the bedroom and I had to lock him out because sometimes if I lock him in, he'll spend the whole time we're podcasting scratching on the door and then like I won't get my deposit back. You know, he has to stop scratching the door. Mm-hmm. So um, he's probably feeling abandoned by his mother. Got it. And why can't the door just remain open? Because Ben is outside being loud. So like Got it. It, it would be, I don't think the microphone would pick it up, but like it would be very distracting for me. And then I couldn't deliver the fast five with the joie de vivre that I usually do. No, that is very, very fair. I lock Brew in. I never even thought about it, but yes, my door is shut and Brew is locked in. Yeah, and so after years of research, I've decided that the best thing to do when podcasting from home is locking him out, which is just so sad. That is so sad. Damn, it's a bad day for do. It's a bad day for do that do do da da do but actually, oh, up. Oh, he, yeah, by the way, you can't do that like little singing voice around the boys because they like think it's their calling, like it's time for dinner or something. Yeah. So like when yeah, we're on the phone, we'll just FaceTime each other and we'll be like, what's up? And then the other person will be like, and like the dogs go wild. <laughs> we them boys. We, we make making noise. noise. Yes. So I brought your gift home and it's sitting right here oh, next shit. to my vanity. Just perched up, and and that's what happens when you bring gifts home from the studio. Oh, I thought you meant the gift that you had for me that you said is coming. I thought you, like, brought it to the studio and then had to bring it home. Oh, no. It still hasn't arrived. That's how custom it is. I don't know when it's coming. It probably will be here in, like, September, honestly. For real? That's how custom and special it is. September? 
That's yeah, I, I mean, I know. You know what? I'll check in on it, but I just, it'll get here when it get here, gets here. Nothing could take longer than the Maverick t-shirt. Oh, really? Does Logan Paul not have good shipping? Well, no, he's just so in demand. I ordered it the night of his fight, mm. and then you guys saw when I gave it to you. Like, there were six weeks later. So probably, like, the 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 advertising advertising on the fight like was so successful like he probably ran out of stock yeah yeah no it was madness but i was patient it was worth waiting for it was worth the wait speaking of things worth waiting for the second episode for patreon is up i put it up yesterday it's a vlog um and it's kind of a vlog all about spritz i obviously vlogged the party and you know tried to get as many famous people in it as possible but also like the days (laughs) leading up like some of the work we were doing um and people honestly it's a really cute video like you and ben getting like so excited about all the like you like with the website and it's just really cute to watch um it's always fun when i get to watch like a vlog that you made or vice versa and i'm just like enjoying the entertainment value yeah and it's really cool and really sweet and you do get more behind the scenes info about spritz and how it all came about and it's been really awesome. Speaking of spritz, don't forget to head over to spritzsociety.com slash toast or just use the discount code toast to get a discounted variety pack so you can try all flavors of spritz. By the way, like people's orders like will be arriving today. Like if you live near like one of the warehouses because most of them shipped mm-hmm. out yesterday. Um, and I was saying in the vlog, like, isn't it so crazy that we like started this brand? It's kind of how like Kim sells perfumes on the internet. Like nobody's tried spritz. They're just like, you know, in good faith, like, we are women of taste. Like, if we like it, they'll like it, too. And yeah. I just can't believe, like, literally people are finally going to try it. Like, we've literally sold this thing and nobody even tried it. No, I'm so excited for people to try it because they're going to love it even more. And it's just going to be so fantastic. Everyone can have, like, spritz up their weekends. It's going to be a spritzy weekend. No, and honestly, like, the toasters make amazing content. I'm like, we literally are going to have so much content for days. Yeah, it's really true. What are you doing this weekend? You know, I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm kind of, like, teetering mm-hmm. between, like, wanting to do nothing and just wanting to, like, throw caution to the wind and jump off a cliff. But I just have no... I, I don't know which cliff I would go to. Interesting. No one's invited you to their cliff. Yeah, if you have a cliff or, like, a house on the beach, like, let me know. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally feel that. I think it's going to be another um, weekend in bed with, with brew. Which is really nice, but, like, when we podcast from home... Um, I pretty much work from my bed. Like, I don't even make my bed because no, I get out of bed. Was a dis- yesterday was a disgusting day for me. Yeah, like, I get out of bed, I podcast, and then I get back in bed, I upload the podcast, I edit Patreons, I answer emails. So, like, it really is, like, a weekend. So, I don't know, I've had, like, a relaxing two days, and I might be ready. <laughs> no, I feel that. I get really bad focus when I'm actually just in bed. So, even when I have a weekend where I'm in bed Saturday, Sunday, by Monday, I'm, like, ready to go. Yeah. So, after, like, these days of doing podcasting from home, I could feel like I would be ready to go. I really need to take Brew to the country. He keeps looking at me like, Mom, can we please go to a bucolic vibe? And I'm like, Brew, who taught you to speak like this? Well, you know what? He's a victim of circumstance. (laughs) He had to get in the dictionary and find a word that so accurately describes what he's looking for. And until I learned the word bucolic, which was, it was in an article we were reading. Do you remember what article it was? I'd be so curious to remember. No. No. Um, Well, anyways, that word has, like, really changed my life. Yeah, it really, really has. And it's just, it's changed my life probably for the negative because I'm now, like, always seeking out 
something that I don't have. No, and like the anti-bucolic nature of our current lives has never been more apparent. Disgusting. It's disgusting. That sounded like a sentence that would be in like someone's dissertation. The anti, what did I say? The anti-bucolic the nature of our lives has of our never been more of our apparent. Current, of our current lives. That is literally like the theme of my life. Yes, the anti-bucolic nature of it all. And by the way, I want to tell everyone, like, I was, um, I'm still searching for apartments because I will see the snow by Christmas. And last night I actually found an apartment that doesn't have everything I want, but it's pretty fucking close. And it was- So on- you should vlog, you should vlog this journey. No, so that it's be like- too depressing. So no, but like, listen, it just hear me out on the vision, on the directorial debut. It's like a little Hallmark movie. Like, will Claudia see the snow at Christmas? And it ends, hopefully, with you watching the snowfall in your new apartment. Or it's like me on the first snowfall in New York, like, in my current bedroom, like, crying. Yeah, no, it'll be a tragedy in that case. But, like, still, you should be taking us on the journey so that if there is a happy ending to this story, like, we have a major, major motion picture. Okay, but the thing is, is that this would be a very boring vlog because... Literally, all I do is lay in bed on Street Easy. And then last night, I found one that I actually liked. It was on the market, joined yesterday. I emailed, like, can I please come tour? And literally, as we're sitting here, I got a notification that the apartment has been rented. Damn. And it was, like, a good price. It was too good to be true. But I do think that these sort of hurdles are going to be really good for the movie. Because it's, for the like, plot. she was so... Cl- for the plot, like these are plot devices. You have to look at it that way. No, I can't. Like, I'm so upset. But also, like, I need to be a little patient because everyone knows, like, the summer is the worst time to look for an apartment because all these postgrads moving to New York. Like, it's just. I just want to say, okay, wait, wait, wait. I just want to say one thing because that is, like, the, the narrative. But you are no longer looking for the same apartments as postgrads. Of course not. Like, I'm a lady. Of course, of course. But still, it's just the worst. It really is, especially now with COVID, like, it is, I think, the worst rental market in history for renters, not for people who own apartments. Like, I should rent, I should buy an apartment and rent it because that's the only way I'll be able to afford what I really want, okay? And yeah, but so, then you actually, but with the eviction moratorium, you might not get your rent paid. Okay, whatever. All, okay, you're taking this too seriously. <laughs> All I'm saying is that I do think I should be a little bit more patient and wait, like, about a month. But I'll still be checking, but I'm not getting anywhere before October, and that's something I'm going to have to just kind of live with. Okay, well, hopefully it doesn't snow in October. <gasps> Shit. Is it's it go- not going. Is it going go- to be unseasonably it's- cold in October? No. I mean, snowfall in the city in October is really unheard of, because remember when it snowed in November for the Divine Diversion and, like, the city, like, couldn't handle it because the trees got too heavy? Like, and that was crazy, and that was, like, November 13th-ish. You know, I have actually blocked out that night from our from my memory because it was such a terrible time. It was a deeply, deeply terrible time. And I when I was on my um, rerouted journey through Tennessee and we got to Nashville and like Nashville was like our, you know, when we got there, it was like Haven. Ah. Yeah, it was, you know, we were so stoked to be there. But then we passed the gate that we sat at for the divine diversion. Oh. I was like, I was like, this is an imperfect airport. Like I know we're putting all of our eggs in this Nashville basket, but I have trauma. Okay. First of all, if you're new here and you don't know what the divine diversion is, I really, <gasps> I implore you to go find our episode of the divine diversion. But second okay, of all, it's 2019, it's 2019 and it's like November, like I said, November 12th, 13th ish. So literally I cannot fly in and out of the Nashville airport without passing that gate where we were, diverted and it's right next to the delta sky lounge it is so 
filled with trauma. And I, for some reason, I guess because I always fly Delta into Nashville because it's so easy, LaGuardia to Nashville, I cannot enter that airport without walking past it. And it is so triggering. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, so I, like, didn't want to tell the group, like, Nashville might not be our saving grace. Like, we could end up in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to bring the group down. And and luckily, everything worked out, and Nashville came through for us. When we were in Pittsburgh, is there a moment that stands out to you? Because, like, for me, when we took the escalator down, and we headed to our Uber, and this, like, it was a, I remember, like, bright, bright red car. And I see him, like, pulling, first of all, it took, like, 20 minutes to get an Uber, and we're standing in the snow, and I see him approaching, and he opens his trunk, and we're putting our bags in, and I just, like, turn around at this blizzard in this random city that I've never been to, and I, I, I've i never felt lower in my life. Like, that moment, like, was so transformative for me. Is there a moment that sticks out for you? There is, and it's when we got to the hotel, which was really beautiful, and it was a really nice hotel, and so I'm not going to put them on blast or anything. They were great. They were great. Um, there was a jazz in trio service. in the lobby. There was, and it was all decorated for Christmas, and I guess, like, I've never been to Pittsburgh that I think that I think I haven't, and it was all decorated for Christmas. It was, like, very Hallmark, and they made us feel very welcomed, and so we were riding a small high. Are you talking about when the food? When we got to our rooms and we ordered room service and I ordered spaghetti and it had a hair in it. (laughs) And for me, for me, that was a low point. No, I feel that. That, That'll do it. (laughs) That'll do it. Oh my God, that's so funny. I had forgotten about that. Because like I said, I blocked this, this night out in my head. And if I ever, if we, if I ever go to like my camera roll, oh my God, I'm sure it's just full of trauma. Yeah, no, it's it's really bad. So if you guys aren't familiar with our Divine Diversion experience, and I mean, I guess we didn't keep in touch with anyone from the flight, but I do wonder if anyone fell in love. Wait, also, the real trauma of the whole day... Was the morning. Was the next was the morning. morning. Like, we got diverted yeah. to Pittsburgh, and we had to stay in a random hotel, and then we finally, like, we're the first flight out. It was like 8 a.m. We woke up so early, we get to the gate, and I guess, like... Delta forgot to staff the flight because nobody had told like flight attendants or a pilot like that we needed to get to New York. So we're sitting there where they're like, oh, we don't have any staff. And we're like, what? How did, oh my God. And then we stood, we sat at that airport for like another six hours waiting for flight attendants. Yeah. Like sitting there with our morning breath. I remember that (laughs) it was the day, it was the day that the Greatest Showman Reimagined album came out. And I thought that listening to it would cheer me up, but now it's just like full of (laughs) negative associations. You know? Oh, my God. That was that was the craziest day. And I guess it's, like, not that crazy. Like, people get diverted all the time. No. Like, to have to go to a city you've never been to and, like, get a hotel is No, when really you're just, crazy. like, two young steens. Like, we were just... And we didn't have, like, Olivia there. Like, if Olivia was there, it would have been better. Like, she would have fixed everything. No, she... There, um, no offense to Olivia, but, like, there was nothing that could have been done, even by her. No, and but, like, also, Jackie, when we literally were in the sky and they're like, ma'am, we're going to Pittsburgh, and we were like, well, where do we sleep? Like, it was traumatizing. I had to, like, find a hotel. Like, if Olivia would have just done it all for us and she would have gotten us to a hotel that didn't have hair in the food. Okay. We went to the nicest hotel in Pittsburgh. We, like, there's Uber. We did everything. And at that point, you had a manager who was also, like, helping manage you in terms oh, of, like, true. logistics. But, like, give us a little credit. We really did it the best that we could. Yeah, so it's sounding like I made all the plans and that's why you felt safe. And what I'm saying is, like, I wish Olivia was there just to have done that for me. 
Um, sure, I guess. I just feel like, you know, in the age of technology, like, you're never really stranded as long as you have cell service. That's actually hella true. Mm-hmm. But you know what's the other thing I learned? Because, like, I really, I guess I travel a lot, but, like, very, I don't take a lot of, like, one-stop, two-stop flights. Like, I don't find myself in airports a lot at random hours. And I guess I never realized, like, the airports close. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, from midnight to, like, 6 a.m. So, like, when we landed, diverted in Pittsburgh, it was, like, no man's land. It was actually scary. Yeah. Honestly, can we stop talking about this? Like, I'm actually having drama. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the Fast Five stories so that we can talk about Real Housewives at Beverly Hills. Yes. Without for oh, and also I watched Siesta Key, so. Ooh. You guys, I'm so upset. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Well, we have Without to. Without further. We have to. But we're going to have to. No, because Siesta Key was fine because Sam and Juliet were together, but like knowing what comes next. Right, It was right. foreboding. Yeah. It was foreboding. Without further ado to do to do, here are the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. <sighs> And today's episode is brought to you by PayPal. When it's time to pay, why pull out your wallet, open your purse when you probably already have your phone in your hand? And if you carry a big purse like I do and you have two wallets, which is so unnecessary, it can be a really dramatic at a register. Well, PayPal QR code payments are now accepted at CVS stores nationwide, so it's super easy to make touch-free payments with your phone. Plus, you get $10 cash back on your first purchase of $20 or more. So when you're running to CVS just to get one thing, you know, you see a bunch of other things you need... And it becomes like a whole journey, and then you have to pull out your wallet. It's just drama at every corner. Now you can indulge, but also get rewarded with PayPal. Because CVS now accepts super easy, touch-free payments with PayPal and Venmo, and you get $10 cash back on your first in-store QR code payment of $20 or more. So I shop at CVS literally once a day. There's literally one on my corner um, for everything in my house, beauty stuff. And it's just so easy to pull out a QR code. My phone is always in my hand. And... Sometimes I leave the house with the wrong wallet. Like, don't ask me why. I have two. I'm just a mess. So to get that $10 cash back on your first transaction of $20 or more, head to your local CVS and pay using PayPal or the Venmo app. That's $10 cash back on your first purchase of $20 or more with the PayPal or Venmo app. To see terms and learn about how to get that $10 cash back, go to paypal.com slash toast. That's paypal.com slash toast to learn more and see terms. And check it out. Like, that's something, a really just an interesting factoid that I feel like a lot of people need to know. Yes, thank you very much. Are you ready for our first story? It's a pleasure. First up, Scarlett Johansson and husband Colin Jost welcome their first baby together. It's baby Joe, sorry, it's baby Joy for Scar Joe and Kojo. The Tony winner and her SNL star husband recently welcomed their first baby together. Her rep exclusively confirms to people and Colin posted on Instagram saying it's a boy we, uh, yeah, okay, okay, we had a baby, it's a boy, we named him Cosmo. Okay, I have three things to say. Well, two, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, three. One, I'm very happy for them. Two, odd parents, fairly odd parents, Vinami, ta ta na hot noose, rubber hot goose, green moose, drama juice, giant steak, birthday cake, large fries, chocolate large shake! Fries, chocolate shake! Cosmo, okay, like, cute, but, like, literally the fairly odd parents, so let's just get that out there. That's what people were saying. Um, that song has no business going that hard, by the way. No fucking business. Honestly, Diplo or, like, some DJ needs to take that and make it into a banger. Because if they play that in the club, like, hot noose, rubber goose, green moose, I would fucking lose my mind. No, I know. Have you seen that TikTok about that song? Yes, of course. You sent it to me. Oh, my God. Back when you had TikTok. Back when I had TikTok, those were the sort of... 
artists I enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the name. I saw in the comments on Morning Toast, like, everyone was like, Cosmo, Favorite the Odd Parents. But I actually think it's a really cute name. Yeah. What do you think they'll call the kid, like, for short? Cosmo? I mean, Kazi. Yeah. Sorry. No, but what's wrong with calling it Cosmo? Well, everyone needs it. <laughs> everyone needs, like, a nickname. And is Cosmo short for Cosmopolitan? Like. I don't know. But why can't you just call someone, like, their two-syllable name? Okay, like, okay, we have a child, Michaela. Let's call her Michaela. Have we ever called her Michaela? Her name is that's Kay, three, Kayla that, Swift. That's three syllables. Three syllables. Kayla. Like, we... We, we just call her Kayla, which I'm is I'm just saying syllables. kids get nicknames. Now when they're two-syllable names. Lilibet. Three syllables. Lilibet. <laughs> I wanted also, to say two other things. Uh, Scarlet... Has a daughter already whose name is Rose. She does? Yeah, from her previous marriage. Rose is seven. Who's Rose's father? Rose's father is. Is it Ryan Reynolds? No, it's not Ryan Reynolds. That's what I was looking to find out. Roman Doriak. Oh, okay, nobody. Or or Romaine. Is it nobody? Um, Okay, wait, I have two more things to say. One, like, I do appreciate how they're, like, very low-key, like, no big announcement, but they also don't keep people in the dark. I just, like, hate... Okay, like, I get that he's a funny guy, and I'm a funny gal. Like, I appreciate being funny, but, like, I hate when people, like, have to make everything a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like, joke, 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 joke. And so he posted this, like, carousel, and the second image was, like, please reach out to our publicist, Michael Che. Like, funny, funny, funny. It's just, like, do we have to make a joke now? Like, jokes are funny, like, most of the time, but, like... Always a joke? I mean, imagine how Scarlet feels. Oh my god, she probably thinks it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's probably like something that they fight about. Like, totally. you can't take anything seriously. And then the last thing I wanted to say was like, ever since they announced their birth, like on my TikTok, I guess people are just like interested in ScarJo. And this clip from his audiobook was like being just like, like went viral. Someone posted it um, where he's talking about Scarlet. And this is just like the 10th time I've been like, I really want to read Colin Jost's book. And I actually think that like is what I might do today. Oh my gosh, that would be so lovely if you picked up your Kindle again. I know. I feel like uh, a work from home day is perfect for a Kindle. It really is. I actually started a new book last night. I've been having such a hard time, like, figuring out what to read next. Mm-hmm. Um, Twilight. I haven't down any ra- okay. Um, I haven't fallen down <sighs> any rabbit holes in a while. And I just started The Personal Librarian. It's historical fiction, and I saw it at every airport I was at last week. And um, it has 4.12 on Goodreads. So, hmm. And it's about J.P. Morgan's Personal Librarian. Oh, that is interesting. You think Sonya's in the book? No, but maybe we'll get to, like, his grandson, who is Sonia's husband. Yeah. By the way, this is totally random, but, like, I was thinking, because I think last week they were talking about, she was talking about JP, obviously, and she was, like, I I knew he was old, but he's, like, in his late 70s, maybe even early 80s. So maybe it's the son? No, but I'm just thinking, like, if he passes away... Does Sonia's life change at all? Like, does she get any money? I know her daughter probably gets a ton of money. Uh, she probably doesn't. But her daughter will definitely, like, help her out, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's, like, something she's banking on. I was just thinking about that because she never talks about that. But, like, when she said his age, I'm like, oh, my God. It could be, like, you know, in the next five years. Yeah. But he also could be a sprightly 77. So true. He could be, like, a Joan Rivers 77. He could be, like, Prince Philip. 
Right. Oh my God, totally. Did you ever finish The Prince? No, I didn't. I was actually thinking about that. That's why I don't like like starting stuff until, unless I like know I can finish it. I like started it on a whim and now I'm like just halfway through and I have to finish it. It's so good. Yeah, I know. There's I a musical number. It. Wow, who's it, singing? Everyone. It's so good. It's called like When Will I Find My Happy Ever After. It's actually like a gorgeous medley. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for our next story? Only if it's about chocolate shake. <laughs> it's not, but it oh. is about justice. What does that have to do with chocolate shake? It doesn't. I said it's not. No, you said, but, but it is. Like, as if, like, it's some sort of, like, consolation. It is a consolation because I think justice is sweeter than a chocolate shake. Wow, those are fighting words. Do you disagree? Let's hear the story. Who's getting yeah. justice? Year, years in the making, the R. Kelly sex abuse trial gets underway in New York. R&B star R. Kelly, who is a predator who lured girls, boys, and young women with his fame and dominated them physically, sexually, and psychologically, a prosecutor said Wednesday, while a defense lawyer warned jurors will have to sift through lies from accusers with agendas to find the truth. The differing perspectives came as the long-anticipated trial began unfolding in a Brooklyn courtroom where several accusers were scheduled to testify in the next month about the Grammy-winning, multi-platinum-selling singer whose career has been derailed by charges that have left him jailed as he goes broke. So, okay, wait, because I have watched all of the documentaries and I was under the assumption all of this was taking place in Chicago. It's here now. Isn't it? It might be a different trial. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with you because it was all like happening in Cooks County. Mm-hmm. But it's taking place in New York and I think we are on our way to justice for the girls. Right, because I remember when the documentary came out, they had gotten some sort of delay which was supposed to help R. Kelly like they his lawyers got him like a seven month push or something and I guess now is the actual start time so we he may be like you know less of a hot topic you know when the when the documentary came out everyone was like all abuzz and now obviously like the news cycle washes out but like I have never stopped thinking about R. Kelly and justice for the girls and so today or yesterday whenever this was is a great day that's what I'm saying. You are totally right. Do, this is I, a better story than chocolate shake. This is sweet. This is sweeter. Yeah. I do feel like, you know, some of the um, buzz around all of this has died down, at, you know, because the documentary made such a big splash. But it's important to remember that things are, are happening. This trial is underway and we might be seeing some justice for the girls. I know. And, you know, I have so much, like, excitement and hope that, like, justice will be served. I just, like, really pray that the justice system does not fail the girls. You never know. Again, because you failed them, remember, the last time. Yeah, so, like, we just, we can't get too excited. We cannot count our chickens before they hatch. That's true, that's true. But the trial's underway, and I wanted you guys to know. Thank you for letting us know. I actually did not even see that, like, when I was reading, you know, as I do. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's weird. It's been pretty, like... Low-key. Quiet. Yeah, low-key. Um, switching gears, are you ready for our next story? Sure. Kourtney Kardashian calls out Kim Kardashian over this wild college memory. So the Kardashian girls are fighting over, on Instagram, over, like, what happened when Kim visited Kourtney in college. Wait, where the hell have I been? I didn't see any of this. Okay. Kim posted a picture of her and Kourtney from when Kourtney went to the University of Arizona, 
And Kim wrote, college years, baby. University of Arizona single-handedly stopped me from turning into a wild party girl. I remember visiting court on campus and being her designated driver. I hated all of the wild parties so much that I stayed home and never wanted to drink or party ever. So thank you, U of A. I was never a student there, but you shaped my life more than you know. And then... Oh, my God. So I saw that post, and I was like, oh, that's really funny. And it's just, like, crazy to think about, like, the girls, like, going to college and all that stuff. And it's crazy to think about that, like, Courtney is the only one who graduated college. I believe Rob went but did not graduate from Southern Methodist University. Courtney graduated. I thought Rob went to USC. I thought Courtney went to Southern Methodist University. Somebody went to SMU. No, I think it's USC and you're just getting your letters No, mixed I'm up. telling you, just give me one second. I know, like, I, that is like a Kardashian fact that I know. No, I feel really strongly that Rob went to USC. Like, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay, Courtney went to Southern Methodist University and the University of Arizona. Okay, so we're all right. Yeah. We all know where Courtney went. Okay, However, Courtney commented on Kim's picture that she remembers things a little differently. She said, I remember feeding you jungle juice and someone else was driving, I won't name names, and blasting Rough Riders. She said, maybe I was partying too hard to remember correctly. Anyone else who was there wanted to chime in? Then, Chloe chimes in saying, I was there too. She said, I was there that night too, bitch. And then she posted a picture from the same night that she's in. I guess, like, everyone forgot that she was there. Um... And then Courtney commented, the night of the clo motion party where we put jungle juice in the water cooler. This is just like so. <laughs> I can't imagine a Kardashians brand. drinking jungle juice. No, this is just like, this was a wild ride. Well, honestly, this is such like a sisterly thing because we all, I think we all, we all have like, you know, memories that we share and we recall them so differently. And, and like in mm-hmm. my mind and like in your mind, it 100% happened that way. Like nobody's lying, but you remember things differently than other people. It's true. That's the thing about memory. It's relative. It actually is, which is really messed up. Um, I just like, I actually, I can't believe I didn't see this. I need to go look at their Instagrams because pictures of them in college, it just like doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. No, like it's literally so crazy. Like it just takes you back. Remember when you used to visit me in college? I mean, I think it had the opposite effect where like it definitely made you just like want to get out oh, there. I was activated like I because I went to NYU I went to NYU I had like no social life I had like just met Ben so like all we did was hang out together I literally was the biggest loser in college and the first time I visited you I was in high school Mm -hmm. and it was like fun but you were a freshman it wasn't like that crazy but it was like cool to be at parties and like take pictures for Facebook albums yeah for sure but I wasn't like so plugged in no no not at all then I visited you when you were in the townhouse Remember? So, yeah, so when you were a freshman. I was a freshman. You had, like, were in your, you know, group, your sorority. And, like, things were were getting more lit than usual. Yeah. Then there was the time of all times. Senior year. You were a senior. You were very, like, all of your friends lived on, like, the same hallway in this apartment building. It was, like, so fun. We, like, all stayed in all of their rooms. And we went to that party that, like, literally will go down in history. Oh, wait, but I was also there for another time. Oh, where we took all those pictures that used to be the Toast After Dark Facebook cover photo where Gibson got married. Oh, yeah, that was, I think you visited me, like, three times senior year. Wait, and then there was also the time we did because keg you stands. Also came in the, 
You came in the spring. Of where my, I wore that blue sweater. Time senior year. Where I did, oh, yeah. oh, wait, I'm sorry. And then Beta Beach where... Um, that was that was the townhouse here. Where I smoked a cigarette and literally had to go home for the night. I had the worst fucking headache of all time. And then everyone was like drunk and I was sober and I like took someone's Jeep and picked you guys up because like... Wait, and you visited me sophomore year when we went to that 80s party. That's what I was saying. By the way, 80s parties was also the wedding. Okay, okay. So yeah, no, and no, like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't because you visited me sophomore year, and Gibson wouldn't have been getting married until we were seniors. Okay, it wasn't a real wedding, you guys. It was like some stupid fraternity thing. It was like a theme. That yeah. was a theme. Okay, whatever. <laughs> like I couldn't get enough, and like for my boring life in New York, like to go to parties with alcohol, like it was. I was activated, like literally, yeah. and I never in my life really regretted like not going to a real school, like. Unless, like, when I was visiting you, I was like, oh, my God, this could be my life. Like, this is so fun. And I guess, like, I really justified the years after college where I, like, partied a lot. I'm like, this is my college years. And, like, I'm still in them. You're still doing this. 100%. And when people are like, people are like, you go out a lot. I'm like, I didn't go to college. Yeah. No, it's it's really true. You have a lot of making up to do. Um, But our next story actually is completely related. And it's going to be a bit of Claudia Explains It All because um, we need to talk about Bama Rush. Oh, yeah, of course. Please explain to us what's going on. I mean, I can put together the details that, like, girls who are rushing at Alabama are going viral for, like, their Let me tell rush you. stuff. So basically, Please like, maybe, like, two weeks ago, I was on TikTok, and I was getting, like, all these girls who with Southern af- accents, like, doing, like, my OOTD, like, my jewelry from Kendra Scott, and, like... Uh, for some reason, they just kept populating on my on my For You page. And then all these other people were making content. Like, is anyone else getting, like, all these Alabama students, like, on their For You page? And then, like, that created more momentum. And then we all just started, like, you know, what are they going to wear today? And then they were all at school early for Rush Week. And a lot of schools participated, but Alabama was the one, like, people were super invested in. There were a couple girls who got, like, huge followings from sharing their OOTDs and, like, their dorms. And it was, like, so Southern and, like, sweet. And... We were like, oh, my God, we, like, we love these girls. Like, I wonder which sorority they're going to get into. So once it started to blow up, all the girls who were rushing at University of Alabama, like, started making TikToks because they wanted, you know, the clout, and we needed the content. And so, like, girls who were rushing, girls who were already in sororities, doing the rush, you know, making up dances, like... People were just getting so invested. Then everyone was sharing, like, their own experience at college sororities. And so at University of Alabama, there were a few girls who, like, really were the first to do the OOTDs and, like, became, like, influencers in the space. And one of them was this girl, Michaela, who was so sweet. And, like, she had such a Southern... Kayler? Kayler. And she had such, like, a Southern accent. So she was saying, like, my dress is from normal... And um, we're like, what? We're like, what are these stores? Like, my my skirt is from the pants store. We're like, what is that? So then she's giving us like a tour of the pants stores. Like she was really letting us in on this cultural moment. And then it was like bid day. I don't know all the words. Like pref day, whatever. Like all yeah, no, those are the words. Okay. So she's showing us her OOTDs, and we're really rooting for her. And what we're learning about this whole thing is that. And I I knew this, but not to the extent that I know it now. Like, Alabama sororities are fucking serious. Like, legit. Like, you need to have good grades. You need to have a referral. You can't be, you know, posting on social media with red cups. Like, you have to... It's literally like getting into college again. So, it's really prestigious. And this girl, Michaela, was a triple legacy. I forget which sorority. Triple legacy at this one sorority. And she had, like, amazing... You know, she was just, like, everything of the sort. And... Mm -hmm. Literally, in the middle of Rush, there's a rumor going around that Michaela got dropped from every sorority. 
And I don't know how the rumor got started. I think, and then also at the same time, for some reason, her TikTok got suspended, which happens all the time. Like, you just can't post. You're like banned for a few days. So we're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, there was so much tension. And like, she left a comment somewhere or she liked a comment saying that she was dropped, thus confirming the dropping. So now all the content's coming out like, justice for Michaela, justice for Michaela. And as we're waiting to hear from her, somebody finds a video on Old Row, which is like one of those like college bar stool things. A video of her and her friend and her friend's like really drunk in the bathroom and her friend like falls over the garbage can and it's like funny haha. And this is like a direct violation of Alabama protocol, you know? Excuse me. So we're all sharing the video and we're like, is this the video? Is this why she's not been dropped? I mean, that's why is that that she she has been dropped. Finally, a few days later, her account comes back. She does like a live. She makes a couple TikToks and she basically says like, Yes, it's all true. Like, I am moving on with my life. I'm so grateful. Now she has, like, 150,000 followers. She doesn't need the fucking sorority. She's, like, going to, like, you know, she could drop out of college. Like, she's <laughs> grateful for the the platform, the opportunity. You know, it wasn't meant to be. But, like, it was a really huge blow because, like, we were all rooting for Michaela. And Michaela, I believe she's biracial or I, I believe she's biracial. So a lot of people were like, you know, you know, and by the way, there's so much history in the University of Alabama sororities, like as early as 2013, where like they were segregated. Like there was, it was national news. And I do believe, I have to do more research, Karen Huger was involved in the movement. So now we're all like, well, Michaela didn't get in the sorority. Like this is suspicious. So it was just like, it was a journey for everyone involved. And we're on the other side. I still get, like, a lot of sorority content. Now I'm getting, like, you know, tours of people's dorm rooms and, like, their their rooms in the houses of these mansions. And honestly, like, that makes me want to go to, like, a, a big school with sororities because you see these girls, like, they're having so much fun. They're, like, living with their best friends, but they have, like, queen beds in their own room and they, like, share a bathroom. It's, like, so Delta new. Yeah. And it's really been a wild ride. So everyone is situated in their sororities. They got their bids. And yeah. And then, like, bid day was just, like, the craziest day. Because, like, at University of Alabama, they, like, literally take the football stadium and, like, all the girls fill it up. And they have assigned seats and there's, like, folders on their seats. And they can't open the folder until, like, the person on the stage says, like, 10, 9, and then 3, 2, 1. Oh and then they open it and, like, they all fit, film themselves. And they, like, you would think it's, like... They're opening, you know, a paternity test. Like, it's like, it's like Maury. They're like, ha! Like, it's just nuts. It's like a cultural, it's like a, it's such a weird culture that, like, I knew nothing about. Of course, like, yeah. from Sydney White. Like, that. that's my frame of reference. Right, no, like, we get, like, sorority stereotypes for movies, but, like, it actually sounds, like, even crazier than what we see in the movies. These girls don't sleep. They don't eat for a week, like, it's actually, like, I'm trying to, like, stay positive, but, like, when I think about it, it's, like, really toxic. But, like, I just want to enjoy it, like, from my perspective. But it's definitely, like, it's definitely not great for the for the gal's mental health. Oh, no. Probably not. And, like, when you want to bid a sorority, like, basically, like, all the girls who are already in it, like, sit in this room. Like, like really how it was in Sydney White. And they just, like, go yeah. through a PowerPoint and it's, like, ugly, fat, big nose. You know, like, they really do that. Like, because I got a lot of DMs from people who, like graduated obviously and who were like parts of you know the team I don't know whatever it's called in the sorority and they're like it's horrible that's so horrible it's so crazy how like this cycle just continues because like at one point you're the person going through it and you're like you know this is so wrong but then eventually you're the person doing it and it's like 
can some people just break the cycle and be like, we didn't like how this felt when we were on the other end. Let's not do it to other people. No, totally. And I guess there's like some good thing because I got some messages from people. And like the good thing is that like being a part of it's at some of these schools where it's like really fucking rigorous. You have to have amazing grades like in high school and like in your first semester. So it does keep the girls like on track. Um, but like they control your social media like you can get fined. Like it's just so like it's crazy. Yeah, that is really crazy. Yeah, so that's wow. where I've been for, like, the last couple weeks. Well, thank you for explaining it to us. Um, this has just been, like, a fun trip down memory lane. And just and now never forget, for- justice for Michaela. A hundred percent. And now it's time for our fifth and final story. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> is it the fifth and final story that's brought to you by Blenders? Yes, it is. Fresh from San Diego, California, comes the only sunglass brand we're ever going to wear again. We're talking about Blender's Eyewear, and you're going to be just as hooked as you are when you see how awesome these glasses are. Started by Chase Fisher selling his beachy shades out of a backpack while doubling as a surf instructor on Pacific Beach, and his goal was to create an adventurous, mid-priced eyewear option with the same cool factor as other leading styles. Unlike expensive big brand shades that you've probably lost or smashed in the past, blenders are actually affordable, so you're not going to cry as much when the inevitable happens. Their team of in-house designers are constantly coming out with new styles, from orange polarized polarized wraparounds, tortoiseshell frames, classic gold arms on black lenses, and it's not just sunglasses, they also have prescription glasses. They have readers, they have blue lights, as well as a snow collection with goggles and accessories. So you can live life in forward motion with blenders today. So I I feel like they really cover all of our bases. Like Jackie loves the goggles. I love the blue light glasses. We both are always needing sunglasses. So it's just your one-stop shop for everything eyes. And it feels like, it feels great to know that you have a really good pair of glasses that didn't cost an arm and a leg because things happen. You sit on your glasses, Theo chews your glasses, like things happen. Um, and Blenders is there for you. So if you want to check it out, but also score 15% off your Blenders purchase, visit BlendersEyewear.com, enter the promo code ToastVIP. That's BlendersEyewear.com, code ToastVIP for 15% off. Blenders, rocked with pride worldwide. I got a sickening pair of shades from Blenders Eyewear, and you know that they were sickening because the Snatcher stole them. (gasps) She snapped she's wearing your them. wrist she's, and stole she your them. glasses. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing them in like one of her latest Instagram posts. <gasps> and she's like so amazing. Well, she didn't really steal them. I, I told her she could borrow them because I knew they would look so cool on her. She's um, so cool. But that's how you know that it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, our fifth and final story. Ant Anstead is gushing about his really lovely girlfriend, Renee Zellweger. Oh my God, this story is just too thirsty for me. <laughs> but it's not because it includes Renee Zellweger. It's just so weird. The British TV host gushed about his, quote, really lovely girlfriend in a new interview with Extra, joking that he owes Discovery for introducing them as they met on his new series, Dis- Celebrity IOU. He said the show is called IOU. It's actually Discovery Plus IOU. Thank you. Thank you for your date. Thank you for your dating service. You can now take me off your database. Oh, he's uh-huh. a comedian. Um, so, like, he's. <clears throat> Not that we ever thought that they weren't a couple, even though, like, sh- even I don't though know it, it couldn't strange- possibly be. <laughs> I don't know of any stranger thing that's happened, um, but he's confirming it. Well, also, there is um, a few updates in the Anstead Hack Summer Ray El Musa circle. One Summer is that. Ray. Not Summer Ray, Heather Ray, sorry. <laughs> Heather oh Ray. God, I was like, Summer Ray I was is like, like an Instagrammer. Right, right. I was like, 
I didn't hear that part. No, sorry, sorry. Okay, the first piece of news is that Christina Hack bought a $10 million house, and it's, like, sickening. It's just crazy that, like, she had $10 million. The other piece of news is that a lot of people think that Christina Hack and her new man, whose name is so unremarkable that I don't know it, but he's, like, a businessman, people think they're engaged because they put up, like, a couple Instagram stories and, like, him and, like, people close to them posted, like, a boomerang of them popping champagne, was, like, so happy for you. But we haven't heard anything about it, and it's been a week. And I feel like they're too thirsty to, like, let that opportunity go. So I don't think it's true, but there is a major conspiracy that she would be engaged again, which would just be so crazy. That would be so crazy. But I'm just saying it's conjecture. Okay. I do think she would tell us. Did you... I don't know if we ever followed up. You watched that TikTok of the whole circle, right? You know, it was a little long. Okay, basically, Christina Hack's new boyfriend, his sister used to host a podcast with Heather Ray. Got it. That's and really that, and, and of course, like the whole Renee thing, like that's that part you know. Yeah, of course. Who? Yeah, no, it's so fucking crazy. It's just like my mind hurts. I know. This is like the most weirdest, insignificant love rhombus ever. It's literally a pentagram. <laughs> no. I guess so, because there's crisscrosses and stuff. It's a hexagon. Honestly, yeah. it's like an octagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's eight players for sure. Um, okay, well, those are the fast five. Definitely feel as though you needed to know them, but let's let's just get to the reason we're all here to talk about last night's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which was very awkward. Yeah, so the whole episode was pretty much the dinner, but let's just take it from the top where the women finished their conversation, you know, at <clears throat> Sutton's request to talk about how they were feeling about stuff. And I felt like what everyone said... Whether they were like you know as hard as Sutton or like somewhere in the middle, like I felt like everyone, except you know, for you Lisa Rinna, right? You could understand how they're feeling that way, and I do feel like in other circumstances, like you know, get all, getting all the women together and talking about if we want to stand by our friend, like would be considered kind of shady. But like in this situation, like it's so much bigger than them. And what I do feel like Sutton isn't maybe she doesn't feel this way, but what I would feel if I were Sutton is like. Obviously, there's legal implications and, like, all this stuff that they need to worry about. And as we saw, you know, the Beverly Hills producers, cast, and crew, including them, are being, like, deposed. Subpoena. So, so like, she wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. But I feel like they are being used in order to sell a story. To sell a story. Totally. And so they are, that, that, like, so they play a role in that, you know? Of course, and, and someone's, like, like, sitting here, like, are we being, like, manipulated to, like, have this story that Eric is saying, which is basically, like, Tom was a good guy until three years ago. He got into a car accident, had a head injury, and now has dementia, and he's never been the same. And in the last three years, he destroyed his firm and destroyed people's lives. When the L.A. Times article, Crystal so accurately pointed out, predates three years. It's, like, 12 years ago. The first one is the burn victim, which was in the early 2000s. Like, so you're kind of selling this story. Your lawyers are aligned with it. Tom's lawyers are aligned with it. And you're using the show to do that. And Sutton's like, no, I'm a part of this show, too. I don't support this charade. Yeah. So I, I understood what, what Sutton was saying. Of course, when Erica comes and sits down, it's like, wow, are we really going to go and, and say all of this again? And who thought it was a good idea to put them next to each other? They should have been sitting Kyle. across from Kyle each other. Did. Kyle said, I did the seating. Yeah, no. She said, and, there's place cards. No, but, like, if Kyle wants to start shit, that's fine. But, like, when you're fighting with someone, you don't sit next to them. You sit across from them. Yeah, and also, this whole dinner was about talking to Erica, and Sutton was really the ringleader for that. Why is Sutton on the end? No, it was the worst seating ever. And, like, Dorit was in the seat 
that co- that um, Sutton should have been in. And I did kind of <clears throat> agree. The thing was, like, at Dorit's house, like, no one was really agreeing with Sutton at first. And then I think Sutton just started to convey her points, and everyone was like, you know, like, they were being assuaged by... So she was making valid points, and then Dorit kind of got, yeah. like, a little into it. And I think Sutton thought she was going into that dinner with Dorit by her side, but Dorit, like, Erica is scary. So the fact that Sutton was even able to get across most of her points, like, I had a lot of respect for, Dorit, like, crumbled in the under the pressure. Like, she did not do a good job of saying how she felt. Yeah, I do think for me, like, still, it's a, it's a matter of do we believe Erica or do we not? Like, you know, if you have a really long-standing friendship with her, like, you're going to believe the best in her. And so you're going to be by her side because that's, like, what friends do. But the fact that there really is no anger against Tom, and it's, like, and Garcelle was the one who said that. Like, Fuck Tom. Why doesn't Erica say, like, this man ruined her life, ruined all of these other, like, vulnerable innocent people's lives where is the energy for tom totally. and then and then everyone's like well of course we feel like that it's like but you didn't ever said it no and they're like and of course it's really about the victims really because until garcelle brought it up no one was talking about the victims dorit had said it once or twice but still like that's the whole thing here like and i i do i i don't understand why erica isn't taking a like she was already divorcing the man so it's not right. like this love of her <clears> life is now in in a hard spot. Yeah, she, like, refuses to, like, speak ill of him. And honestly, the most shocking part of the episode was that um, Garcelle's sister has, like, had an experience with, like, a shysty settlement lawyer. Yeah. Which is just so crazy, and, like, I totally understand her position. But honestly, like, the episode was infuriating for two reasons. One, because, like, Erica was, like, so offended by these questions when they're such rational things to ask like we're around a person who very possibly could have ruined the lives of widows and orphans and we're not allowed to ask questions and if we do we're the bad guy she was so defensive and like so outraged that these questions were even coming her way when they're so valid so I just thought her attitude sucked yeah and by the way there's no way Lisa Rinna did not tell Erica Jane what she was walking into she 100% knew when she was driving up in the car she took a deep breath like she fucking knew A hundred percent. I had the same thought. And also I've read like from people sending me and stuff that Erica is an investor in Rinna Beauty. Yes, I heard that too. uh, That that's just like, I I haven't looked into it myself, but that's not people's theory. They say that this is just fact and it's known and you can go find it out. But again, I haven't checked for myself. So like it's possible that like some of the widows and orphans money. Lisa Rinna has a lot to lose if Erica goes down. So it behooves Rinna to maintain Erica's innocence. Of course, but she was being so fucking annoying chiming in. Like, we all love Erica. Like, I love how Garcelle was like, it's not a competition. Like, Garcelle is so fucking on point. And honestly, like, I respect, like, Crystal for not saying literally anything at the meal because, like... And and the thing is, like, the fact that Erica's so offended by, like, Sutton and Garcelle questioning her when, like, they don't know her. They've known her for one year. What do they owe you? Like, all these atrocious arguments are coming out. I've known you for a year, and I'm just supposed to, like, stand by you without asking a single question? Yeah. It's just preposterous. Lisa Rinna was bothering me so much, like, and... As uh, always. Of course. She is, um, like, an Erica stan, so we we knew she was going to take Erica's side. I have seen that Rinna beauty thing, and, like, it's crazy to think about, like... Oh, and so the real question here is... Where did the $20 million come from? 
what was it supposed to be for? And that's what Sutton said. Like, at the end of the day, like, the thing linking you to all of this is this $20 million deposit. Like, where's it from? And she's like, I know. That's the question. No, it's like, no, answer. We need you to answer it. The question is for you. No, I I guess her argument is that she had no... She didn't go into her own LLC. She didn't run the money there. Like, that Tom ran all all of that stuff. See, I don't really buy that. If he was moving money from one account to the other, like, she wouldn't know. I don't really buy that, that he started her LLC for her. No, but I just really appreciate Sutton because, I one, I feel like, you know, she's up to speed. Someone has to be, you know, the fact that Kyle didn't even read the article, like, what are you so Come on. Like, the, like, it's really, whatever. The fact that Sutton is so up to speed and has the right questions to ask, but also is like, and she said the same thing that we said, which, which is like, it's possible that Erica didn't know anything. It's mm-hmm. very possible. But Erica is so smart. Clug. You know, she's the smartest girl in that cast, I think. Yep. So how can you be so in the dark? So of course Sutton is is skeptical. We are all skeptical. Right. But I do think Kyle kind of verbalized it perfectly because like, she had this conversation with Erica where Erica was like, you know, it's crazy how fast people leave your lives, like when things get hard. And, and Kyle was like, <clears throat> that's not me. I'm here for you. And of course, that was before they knew <clears throat> the real, like the depth of the allegations, the widows and orphans. And Kyle was like, of course, I don't want to be that type of person. But like, that's if you're getting divorced or if you're being sued. You lost your yeah. money. Like, it's not about widows and orphans like that's where it takes on it and all these women want to be here for Erica unless she knew and she didn't even outright say like she wasn't even convincing like I didn't know you know right so I left the episode like with a kind of like bad taste in my mouth about Erica and I just even if she didn't know I think that her getting like so visibly offended and upset at the women questioning her is so unreasonable because they were not asking anything that was really that crazy yeah, and also, like, the fact that there's this weird protection of Tom. Yes. I find to be extremely sus. I also was just disappointed in Dury. Like, take a side. Don't be, like, flapping your mouth to Sutton and then, like, be spineless in front of Erica. And also, Lisa Rinna, oh, she's so annoying. In her I know comment- what you're going to say. When she said that Sutton left her spine at home. Right, which is actually the opposite. Sutton was standing up to Erica, who's just, like, a, a, you know, a heavy hitter in the cast. She's very popular in the cast. She's been on for longer. People loved her before all this. Like, she's scary. Like, so Sutton, Sutton actually... Is, Sutton is the weak link of the she's cast. She's so awkward. I thought Sutton did a great job. I actually thought she had a very spineful... Very, very spineful. I totally agree. And also, I sent you the funniest tweet where you it's did. like... Uh, someone said, like, Lisa Rinna really thought she did something when she said princesses worry about their reputations, queens don't. What the fuck um, does just, that mean? It means nothing. Um, and by the and way, just Sutton is from the South. Share. She's on all these, like, fancy boards and charities. Like, of course, that's the type of thing, like, you get kicked off of one of those fancy things for, like, being involved in something like this. And I don't think she's being selfish at all for worrying about her reputation. Like, she's a public figure now. She's involved in all these causes. Like, who the fuck would want to be attached to widows and orphans? Yeah, like, the the allegations are so atrocious. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, we don't want to be a part of this stain. Like, right. Like, when, I mean, I don't even, not to, like, even think about which one, which allegation is the worst. Right. But, like, I mean, you think of each one individually, and it's so bad. Mm-hmm. So... I just, there's really no energy for that, though, it seems. Yeah, no, like, 
they're all just like worried about the wrong thing. They're all worried about like offending Erica when it's like it's not yeah, about if Erica. Come, if they're going to come off as good friends or not. Right. And like let's say all this, you know, blows past and Erica for the for a time was the most successful from this show. Like she was in Vogue, she was doing Neiman Marcus partnership, she had her own cosmetic line, her own shoe line. So I think they're thinking like long term like She'll probably bounce back to that. And if she's the most famous, most popular, she's DJ in Coachella, everyone loves her, and she hates me because she remembers that I wasn't there for her, like, what is that something I want to do? So I just feel like they all have their priorities all fucked up. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that. But not Sutton Garcelle or Crystal. No, and I'm, I wish Kathy would have chimed in more because she's just so interesting. No, or Kathy. She's so That's interesting. What I said. Like, I love. Everything that no 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 I was just echoing what you said. Oh, She's so oh, interesting. I thought you said or Kathy. I'm um, like, <laughs> everything that she said was so on point. Like mm-hmm. she, um, she really added a lot of value. She's very wise, and people respect what she says. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell she's got her eye on Erica, and she's having a gorilla. No, when she, when she was like last week, she's like, everyone's like, I've known her five years. I've known her three years. Kathy's like, I don't know her. <laughs> Dead. Like, no, Kathy's very, like, she's like silly, hunky dory, but there's pearls of wisdom in there. She's shrewd. Yes. So that's okay. The TV well, my recap. AirPods are going to oh. die. So okay. that's that on that. Okay. Well, did you want to talk about Siesta Key? <gasps> I need to do, I need to have any full AirPods for it. Okay. We'll, we'll recap it tomorrow. Um, or I guess I could like keep talking until my AirPods are not. Okay, out go. You I just go. I, I haven't, well, I'm so behind. So you catch me okay, up. Okay. So, so I just watched the last two episodes, season finale, the launch of JMP, the label, and then they had a, a reunion, like a housewife style reunion. Oh, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel Lindsay. Yeah. So in general, I like the fact that there was a reunion. It was nice to see the gang back together, like talking in real time. But I thought that the format, like, wasn't great. And the questions, like, they were treating it more like therapy than Mm. um, a reunion. Yeah. And everything was like, and how did that make you feel? And where do you feel now? And it was just like, uh, the questions were a little random. But we got to, you know, they asked about the big stuff. So Kelsey and Juliet, like, still not friends. But I think they're, like, on their way to something better. Sam and Juliet were, like, fine at the reunion. She walked off for a second because she was, like, really emotional. And he went with her, and, like, she was like, I'm going to quit the show. And she said at one point, she was like, it, it, she said something really interesting that, of course, like, nobody followed up on. But she was like, when they were talking about when she hit Kelsey and, like, how she got to that place, whatever, she was just, like, crying. She got really upset. She's like, it's so hard to be on a TV show. And I'm sure, like, everyone was playing tiny violins for her. She was like, it's so hard being on a TV show and sometimes I can't say no. And I was just thinking, like, say no to what? Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's talking about alcohol oh. in addition to, like, producer um, involvement. And, like, But pressure. I really feel like, yeah, and of course no one wants to blame their behavior on being drunk. But, like, mm-hmm. she was so drunk that night. And I, I don't know. I just, if I ever got a chance to um, speak with her, I would definitely follow up on like, what push she's on not that able point. to say. Yeah, and then, like, she got really upset after that and walked off and was like, I want to quit this show. And I really think, like, this show, it's such a blessing and a curse for all, for everyone who does mm-hmm. reality TV. But, like, it must be so, it must be such a mindset. Especially when it's one of these shows, like, kind of like Vanderpump Rules. It's, like, so, drinking is such an integral part of it. And, like, you're really not interesting unless you're, like, getting fucked up and doing something crazy. Yeah. Um, other notable highlights, uh... Kara was there looking so sick. I mean, everybody looked so stunning, but Kara, she, I, 
I followed her on Instagram last night. I wow. Because, like, the look was that good. And I was like, I've got to see what else she turns out mm-hmm. on the daily, you know? And she's just, like, so... She's such a good head on her shoulders. And, like, I... She's back in with the group now, which I'm happy about. So I'm looking forward to, like, a season where she can just be herself and not be apologizing the whole time. Um, and it's just, like, crazy that she used to date, date Garrett, who's, like... I couldn't such think a weenie. Of two more opposite, I couldn't think of two more opposite people. I feel um, that. What else happened? Madison and Ishar pregnant, which we had spoke about, which is really, really cute. It's crazy. Like, the turn Madison's life took is just not what I would have expected at all. No, I know, but she's really, like, such a queen, and she's, like, always the one who's, like, always friends with everyone and just the voice of reason, and she's she's really great. So Is she I pregnant mean, on pretty, the show or no? She, okay, so at the uh, the season finale, the last five minutes, like, she brings Ish a cake that says we're pregnant. But I think that was filmed, like, months after everything else. And then she told them, she brought up at the reunion, and, I, like, everyone was so excited. She told them for the first time at the reunion? Unclear. Got it, got they it. They made it seem like it was the first time. It definitely wasn't. Well, you know what? I just feel good that, like, this was the first season without Alex Campo, and I think everyone thought, like, the show revolved around him, when, like, it so did not. Yeah, and so I just, like, really, right now I'm thinking of Sam and Juliet, and I just need to know what happened. So um, if anybody knows anything, just, like, please let me know for, like, my own peace of mind. Yeah. Is this for the best? Maybe it's for the best, and I can I can live with that. But I just feel like he was so cute. He was always so supportive. Oh, my God, <laughs> Juliet had her um, bikini launch party, and she gave a speech, and Sam put on the whole party, like, with all of these cool activations and everything, and she gave, like, the worst speech ever where she... Um, cringily congratulated Kelsey they were were, like not speaking they were not they were in bad place and Julia was like so excited to launch her label she's like I also like I know how hard it is to launch a bikini brand like Kelsey like just want to congratulate you too for doing it like you know and I I believe her heart was in the right place but like Kelsey was like really like offended by it because like she barely wanted to be like seen at the party she was just like trying to like slip into the background and then like Madison was like look around like look what you built and like you're it, it feels like you're like you like I think Juliet thought she was being magnanimous, but it just looked like she was sort of gloating. Yeah. You know? And then in her speech, she didn't even thank Sam, who put on the whole oh, party. Oh, God. And then afterwards, she was like, oh, my God, Sam, I forgot to thank you. Like, I'm, I thank you so much. And he was like, I don't do it for thanks. It's okay. And they oh. were so cute. And I was just like, how are they not together? Maybe they'll get back together. I don't know. Like, crazier things have happened. It's not a divorce. Crazier things have happened. But, like, they've been a little messy on social media, and I do feel like that's... You just, it's a like, terrible you sign. It, you can't take it back is the problem. Yeah. Well, so thanks for keeping us thoughts. in the loop. Mm-hmm. And thank You're you guys welcome. for listening to The Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places where we listen to podcasts. Find us The Morning Toast. Leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. And if you're still here, welcome to The Society Season 2. Please drop a magnifying glass on our most recent Instagram to honor the investigative work that Sutton has done on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we love you guys. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yes, goodbye.